Welcome. You are listening to Conversations from Christchurch Cranbrook. We are a faith community located in Metro Detroit who have been transformed by God's acceptance, love, and grace. Whoever you are, wherever you find yourself on the journey of faith today, we pray this podcast will feed your soul and inspire your spirit. to you tonight as a sinner to sinners, as the beloved of God to God's beloved, as one called to bear witness to those called to bear witness. Amen. Please be seated. As many of you know, I uh, am getting an executive MBA at the University of Michigan, and uh, I'm not doing it because I'm in the middle of a midlife crisis. That already happened 10 years ago when I became the rector of Christchurch Cranbrook. <laughs> but I'm doing it because I've always been fascinated and I always wanted to learn and I started to do it and I loved it. But one of the things that I never imagined was going to be a part of this incredible degree is that I was going to be part of one of the most uniquely diverse classes that I've ever been part of in higher education. More than 50% of our class are people of color, and many of them come from different ethnicities and races. And uh, one group that I fell into, for reasons that are interesting, are the first-generation Indians, which number about 30% of the class. And we just kind of got each other in a weird way. I'm a little bit of an intense person, when it comes to schoolwork, and they're a little intense too, and I, I, we just kind of, we made good teammates, we worked hard, we enjoyed things, and then of course I had Manisha, who is, you know, Indian herself, and so I had to kind of phone a friend when I needed to ask for some clarification, and I've become good friends with this group, and we go out to dinner every residency, and oftentimes it's Indian food, and uh, it's been wonderful to have these exchanges. Uh, during it, I'll often be the only Caucasian that's there. And I've noticed a couple of things that have happened. One is that the waiters are usually really good at figuring out who's the leader of the dinner group, and they know that it's not me. <laughs> and they will find the leader, and they'll look at them, and they'll say, ma'am or sir, the spice level? And then their eyes will dart to me and dart back to them. And then there's usually this very kind of polite pause, and they'll all look at me because not everybody's eaten with me before, and I can say, medium, but a notch higher than you might think for someone like me. And so we get wonderful food. And it's also been a moment in which I've had incredibly frank conversations about God, <laughs> amazingly. Almost all of my classmates who are Indian are Hindu. And when we get together, it's not uncommon that God gets brought up. And on December 15th, we finished our final exams, and we went to actually a Nepalese restaurant in Ann Arbor called Everest Sherpa. And Nepalese food is like Indian food, but made for a 
a cooler climate. There's a little less spice, a little more cinnamon. And Nepal is, of course, majority Tibetan Buddhist. But there we were, me, Kartik, Ajit, Amit. And they asked us for chai, and uh, we wanted chai, and I said, I'll have some chai, it's got to be good here. And Ajit uh, had some chai, and then Kartik said, when it came, is it good chai? And I said, yes, it's very good chai. And then he just looked past me to Ajit, and he said, Ajit, is it good chai? <laughs> and Ajit said, it's very good chai. So he got some, and he took a sip, and he said, Bill, it is good chai. <laughs> I felt like we had crossed a bridge together. But then Ajit said to me, how do you define God? And I found this immediately so interesting because when I speak with Westerners, the question I often am asked is, how do I believe in God? But this assumed that there was a God. How do I define God? And Ajit became impatient after asking the question. He said, I'll tell you how I do it. He said, I believe God is higher than we can even imagine and more than we can ever imagine and greater than we can ever imagine. And I said, that's a beautiful definition. I said, my faith teaches me that God has three movements. Yes, God is higher than we can ever imagine. This is a version for the, what St. Anselm called the ontological argument, which is that God is that of which nothing greater can be conceived. God is always larger than we can imagine. And if we imagine something or are able to define it, we are tempting. We're being tempted by an idol and not seeing God. I said, but there is two other movements in Christianity. As big as God is, God is also infinitely small. And you will find God wherever you find love. No matter how fragile that love is, no matter how imperfect it is, no matter how fleeting it is, you will always find God when you find love because the scriptures tell us that God is love. And then I said there's a third movement and I decided to just play a bit with an analogy. I said, I'm going to tell you an analogy. I said, Jesus is my Sherpa. And of course, being in a Nepalese place called Everest Sherpa, surrounded by images of Sherpas helping people up the mountain, they immediately got it. And someone said, ah, he shows you the path. I said, yes. I said, but I also mean something more than that. Because analogies are never perfect. Jesus is my path. And there's even something more. Jesus reconciles a God who is infinitely big with a God who is infinitely small. 
both of those edges and movements of God are perfectly reconciled in Jesus Christ. And so we have a revealer because the first revelation we experience is usually our own ignorance. We have God, the Redeemer, the love which is able to redeem anything because it existed. And if it existed, it was part of who God is. And then we have Jesus, the reconciler, who holds it all together. And my friend Ahmet said to me, wow, Christianity is a beautiful religion. And this struck me because when I think about how Christianity has been introduced in India, it hasn't always been seen as beautiful. And yet, in that experience, he was able to embrace and see that beauty. And this is what I want to leave you with today on this Christmas Eve. Christmas is a time in which we recognize those three movements of God. Except that for the Christmas story, the nativity, it's not that we have climbed a mountain. It's that God has come to us. And there we find God, who is both infinitely big and infinitely small in a child who reconciles us all. Jesus holds together the God of revelation, the God of redemption, and his own self, the God of reconciliation. This is what it means to believe in a Trinitarian God, in a three-person God. And this is the hope today for us, is to see that God again for the first time and to see that reconciliation at work in us today and at work through us today. The second thing I want to lift up for you today is that idea of beauty. I want desperately for others to see the beauty of Christianity. Too often, people see something other than the beauty of Christianity. And we all have fallen short of being amazing witnesses to that beauty. And I want us to see that beauty again for the first time. That beauty is powerful and it's saving. It's the kind of beauty that holds everything together. And it's the kind of beauty that the world needs now more than anything else. As I was thinking about how to convey these two points, God's three movements and the beauty of Christianity, I thought of this image that I saw at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It's by the photographer Dana Salvo, but it's uh, actually a documentation of someone's private altar in Chiapas, Mexico. 
and it's called the Blue Nativity. It's, an, it's on your bulletin. And it's here we see someone who has created an altar in their home so that they could create a sacred place where they could worship God and keep alive their faith and make it precious. And what's amazing about this altar is that it is beautiful. It's made by figurines that have been purchased in stores. Uh, it's been appropriated in different ways and it's been reconfigured so that it becomes its own work of devotion. This is the beauty of Christianity because we celebrate not just the beauty of God become human, but we celebrate the fact that there was something beautiful in that risk that God took when God became human. That risk and fragility and vulnerability are all part of the beauty of Christianity. The second thing I want to share with you are just a couple of lines that I got this week when I was reading a sermon that Martin Luther wrote in 1535. So it's possible you've heard it before if you happen to read a lot of Martin Luther, but he said this, and for Luther, beauty in, Christ in Christmas was not just the magical things like um, that we're about to sing a beautiful version of Lohau Rose Air Blooming in German. Um, that, that is fine for Luther, but there was nothing that could ever replace the beauty of the scriptures themselves. And so he writes in his sermon, do not make of the Virgin Mary a stone. In other words, do not make her into a statue that you worship or a statue that cannot feel. Mary, he writes, was terrified. She was a 15-year-old girl. She had no clean water. She had no friends. She was giving birth in a manger where there was absolutely no way to stay sanitary, and somehow she gave birth to this baby. And she knew, because of what the angel told her, that she was bearing the Son of God. And that moment of terror brought out from her incredible tenderness, as it often does in those who are close to God. Do not make Mary a stone. And this, to us, is a reminder that Christianity and Christmas are touching upon the real things of our lives, the terrors we feel, the uncertainties we feel, the wounds we feel, the challenges we feel, the loneliness we feel, Christianity, by saying to us that Christ was born of Mary, is saying to us that in that vulnerability and in that space of risk, God has already hallowed it in Jesus Christ. And Mary is the first witness. And Luther goes on, to say about Jesus. He said, and when you look at Jesus, do not look for him on the walls of your church. Look at him in the faces of the babies you see. 
because there is the mystery and beauty of Christmas, that God became human, fully human. God came, he writes, not to judge, but to save. This Christmas, make it a resolution to get to know that God in three movements. Accept that revelation. Feel that redemption. Find that reconciliation. And in so doing, let the beauty of our faith guide us. For others see it. And through it, the world will be changed. And God will be glorified. And most importantly, you and I will be transformed by the Holy Spirit running through us. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations at Christchurch Cranbrook. To learn more about our mission, worship services, and learning opportunities, please visit us at ChristChurchCranbrook.org. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Christchurch Cranbrook. We look forward to you joining us again, and may God bless you now and always.